And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Call Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today, folks. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. You know, I am here in my home studio today because yesterday I was supposed to be going to Atlanta. Arrived at the airport about four o'clock. I think about four o'clock. No, well, actually, that's right, because my plane was delayed, so we were originally supposed to uh, get get to the airport by 2, but we ended up going by 4. Um, it, the plane was delayed, supposed to leave then at 5.20, and then it was 6 o'clock, and then it was 7 o'clock, then it was 8 o'clock, then it was canceled. Took us an hour to get our luggage, <laughs> so we're going to try it again tomorrow, because there was nothing available today. I'll tell you, the explanation we were given in addition to weather and mechanical problems with the plane, an hour waiting for the luggage, we were told, we are very, very shorthanded. And this is out of Norfolk Airport, folks. They said they had three people in the whole airport loading and unloading luggage. Three people for the entire airport. Now, of course, Norfolk is not a hub. It's a substantial size airport. I mean, you you can't load and unload luggage efficiently and quickly with three people covering all the airplanes going in and, and, and leaving. And while there were no airplanes leaving, at least not heading south because the storms are not heading toward Atlanta, there were still flights coming in. And they literally brought our luggage out. One person brought our luggage out one or two pieces at a time. Literally. It just... You know, why is that relevant? No, I'm not just whining over my travel issues. It, it says something about what this administration has done to the work ethic of people. Because my understanding is these are perfectly good jobs. They can't fill them. Because fewer and fewer people in America want to work. Why, why work when you can collect, I've seen some studies saying you can collect up to $100,000 a year on the dole through various programs. And in the meantime, the rest of us suffer because the country, the most efficient, effective, productive nation on earth, can't seem to get its act together. That's really the broader, broader issue for me. I mean, this is perfectly, uh, folks, People travel on Sunday evenings. That's when people are either uh, very often coming back from wherever they've, they've left. Um, so there's a lot of sort of return travel. And, and on a Sunday evening, three people covering the entire airport for, for loading and unloading luggage. It, it was uh, uh, just unbelievable. You know, one of the things that's got to happen in our country is we really just need to restore the sense of the, the value, the dignity of work. You know, you've got whole videos now dedicated to people saying, I don't want to work. Young people particularly, why, why should I want to work? 
Well, because frankly, I believe God made us to work. We were created to work. He didn't just stick Adam in the garden. God didn't stick Adam in the garden and say, well, just lollygag, have a good time. He told him, now you tend it and you keep it. And that the word tend means you take care of it. You, you see to it. It's, it's care. It's maintenance. And to keep it means you guard it. You protect it. He gave Adam a job. I mean, a wonderful job in a beautiful environment. And of course, when, when your boss is almighty God, man, it just didn't get any better than that. <laughs> you, know, you, get to, you get to walk and talk with God in the cool of the evening. Oh, my goodness. I, whoa. <laughs> you know, I'll take that job. <laughs> Praise God. And now we have created a situation in which work is seen as some kind of exploitation, imposition, uh, inconvenience. You know, people don't want to go to the office to work anymore. Look, and I understand that. I've I've basically worked for myself, oh my goodness, for pretty much most of my career. And so I understand, you know, the convenience of being able to work out of your home. I haven't always done that. I'm, most of the time was going to an office, but, but I have done that, particularly the last, really the last 20 years. And it, look, it's wonderful. It's convenient. But when you work for a company, you don't get to, you don't get to, to dictate to them how you will do your job. But that's, that's where we are. That's where we are. And, and the rest of us are paying for it. And by the way, I don't know whether the, you all have experienced it, but everywhere I go, I get this. I hear this. Yeah, we're shorthanded. We're shorthanded. We're shorthanded. We're shorthanded. I'm serious. Can't get anybody to work. I've, I've heard it from, our, from the people who care for our lawn. I've heard it from the people who, who, who do repairs for us. Uh, you know, everybody, need, you know, you need your your heating system, your cooling system. What I, I've heard it across the board. And it is the left that hates capitalism. They hate free enterprise and they're trying to undermine it. And one of the ways you undermine it is to rob people of the sense that work is valuable. You know, Thomas Sowell said something uh, about this um, that I read in one of his books. He said, basically, we used to be known for what we achieved, what we did. Now we are known for how we look. Some some kind of bizarre appearance, some kind of weird affectation. Whereas we used to be known by whatever we did, whatever we accomplished, whatever we achieved, not how weird we could wear our hair, not how crazy the clothes are that we could put on, and certainly not whether you're a drag queen or some other crazy thing, but this this is what the culture is degenerating into. Speaking of the culture, here's... That that was really, and I, I hadn't. Let's put it this way: I wouldn't, I wouldn't have talked about that issue probably without this experience. But it reminded me that there's a broader issue in our society now, which is basically we people are being just giving up on the work ethic. 
Now, not everybody, of course, thank God, or we couldn't, we couldn't have an economy running. But there's no doubt many people are. I've heard it. I've heard, like I said, I've, I've heard it from so many people, I can't begin to name them all. I had one employer tell me, pretty significant employer in our area, the friends of mine tell me, they actually had people say to them, why should I work when I can make more money not working? Now, I, I, I am not kidding. In fact, I've had more than one person tell me that. So we, we need leadership in our country, as I've been saying this again and again, that, that understands you've got to be a cultural leader because we've got to restore some important cultural truths to our country. The importance of faith in God, the importance of family, the importance of work, the importance of individual liberty and responsibility as opposed to this collectivist mindset that the left is trying to impose on us. When I was in the Marine Corps, I, I cleaned toilets as a part-time job to help make ends meet. And I was quite thankful and proud of that job. We'll be back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. What was the origin of the virus that caused COVID-19? We know the answer. Finally, the government is willing to state the obvious. Michael Schellenberger and others report that multiple U.S. government officials interviewed now have identified the first people infected by the virus. When a source was asked how certain they were that these three scientists doing gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology are the patient zero, they were told 100%. Jim Garrity reminds us that the first report of the outbreak came in February of 2020. That Chinese report was written in part by two of the men mentioned in the U.S. government report. Also remember what happened when Dr. Li Wenliang tried to warn the international community. He was dragged into a police station and berated for rumor mongering and for publishing untrue statements. A month later, he died of the virus. You know, in previous commentaries, I've expressed my disbelief that so few in the media seemed even curious about the origin of a virus that killed 23 million people worldwide. I realize that those numbers may be inflated, but at least we can agree that millions died and most of the media seems incurious. And the Chinese Communist government got away with lies and suppression, in part because there were too many American companies doing business in China. Noah Rothman calls this the scandal of the century and laments that there are no consequences. The Chinese officials locked down a previously accessible public database, altered its data to hide the origin of the virus, and then took it offline altogether. It appears that the Chinese Communist Party got away with the scandal of the century. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free booklet on a biblical view on big data, go to viewpoints.info slash data. That's viewpoints.info slash data. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I'm Corrine, this is my story. I was going through some financial troubles paying off my credit cards. I was paying high interest rates and it just wasn't getting any better. And I knew I had to do something. So my mom told me about Trinity and so I decided to call. Trinity was able to do something that I couldn't. I'm paying off my debt, I'm saving thousands and things are really looking up. 
I promise you guys, you will not regret it when you called Trinity because it was such a relief and less stress in my life and it was the best thing I could have done for myself because once I called Trinity, they took care of me and I felt such a relief, a weight off my shoulders and they are a Christian-based company. I love it. <laughs> If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I'm Corey, and I'm debt-free for keeps. 1-800-788-1813. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Well, the next story, and this really is what looms largest in my mind and what I was going to, to talk about first, uh, had this incident not happened that reminded me, uh, we, we've, we've got a major economic problem with, uh, with frankly, it, you know what it boils down to? The demoralization of our people. That's really what it boils down to, the demoralization of the people of America. And I remind you all, when France was forced to enter World War II, they were already demoralized and Hitler was able to take over France in six weeks because they'd lost their sense of purpose, they'd lost their sense of pride in their country. Uh, and of course, I don't mean every single person, you can't say that, but enough that they were only too happy to capitulate to Hitler and then ultimately do his bidding, many of the leaders, and ultimately were more than willing to do his bidding, persecuting Jews, um, killing Jews, turning Jews over to the Germans to kill them. I mean, it was just, it was a sad, sad situation uh, for a once proud nation. And I think that the left is trying to demoralize our country, convince us that America is not worth preserving, defending, fighting for, standing up for, uh, working in, uh, that basically, you know, we, we, are, we are basically the dregs of the earth, and who cares? Who cares what happens to our country? You know, what, what, what dignity is there in working? What dignity is there in joining the military? What's the point? And, of course, you've got people working very hard to take those institutions and convert them or pervert them, might be a better way of putting it, into something they were never meant to be. Well, anyway, here's, the, here's what I wanted to get to. Governor Phil Murphy, the infamous Governor Phil Murphy, you may remember him because he was the governor who, when asked during covid whether the things that he was trying to do in New Jersey of locking the people down, closing up the schools and making everybody wear masks. I mean, he had just all these mandates, whether these were constitutional. His answer was, that's above my pay grade. But he took an oath to the Constitution of the United States, which which tells you something that he doesn't take it seriously. He does not care about the Constitution. He does not care about the people of, this, of the state. He cares about himself. Well, this is the same governor who's now suing three jurisdictions in New Jersey because they dared. Are you ready for this, folks? Because they dared to require teachers to inform parents if their children showed signs of gender dysphoria. So if the child wants to be called by another name, where the child says, well, I think I'm a girl in a boy's body. I think I'm a boy in a girl's body. These three jurisdictions said parents must be informed. Governor Murphy is suing them, demanding, folks. Could you imagine in America a governor demanding that parents not be informed? 
I mean, again, you know, you say this stuff. I, I said this in, at church yesterday. You know, you hear this stuff and you think, you know, he's making that up. He's making that up. Nobody would do that. No governor would take time to actually sue a school district because he doesn't want them informing parents when their child may have some issue of sexual confusion. He was he's suing them to stop them from talking to parents about it. But that's exactly what's happening. You know, folks, these people are monsters. They really are. They're monsters. Because to me, that's a monstrous thing to do. You know, I, I said in my sermon yesterday, the family, as God created it, is the only thing that works. It is the ideal way of raising children. God didn't turn children over to the government. He turned them over to parents. And those children belong to parents and to God, not to the government, not to the governor. But think of the arrogance. Think of the utter chutzpah, the hubris that you would actually publicly say, we're not going to, it's kind of like Terry McAuliffe here in Virginia. I hope it's got the same results because the question it raises for me, because he barely won, you know, he barely won his last election. The question it raises for me, why do whether, I don't care whether you're Democrat or Republican or independent or black or white or Hispanic or whatever, why would you vote for somebody who tells you, I don't care about you as a parent or your children uh, as your children. I am going to dictate what happens with them. Why would you vote for a person who thinks like that? Well, you think that's bad, and that's, that's pretty bad. But, but it's worse. Because in New York, in, in the New York State Education Department has a policy are you ready for this, folks? This is another one of those. No, you, you, come on. You're exaggerating. Bishop, you're exaggerating. E.W., come on now. Let's, 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 not, let's not overstate the case. So I just want to put that out there just so you know. Yeah, I know, because that's the way this is going to come across. The state of New York actually has a policy that requires the teacher to lie to the parent about the child's gender identity. Did you hear what I just said? Yes. The policy requires the teacher to lie to the parent about the child's gender identity or any signs of gender dysphoria. Here's what's in part in the manual. See, this is why I say this, this, these people are monsters. Th- this stuff is diabolical because not only are you not supposed to lie, period, but when you start conspiring with a child to lie to their parents and you're an adult, gonna, you're going to join in the lie with the children, to me, you are nothing but a budding pedophile. And you're getting some kind of kicks off of having this special relationship with the child that the parent doesn't know anything about. So something's wrong with you. Yeah, I said it that way because it's, that, that it's the, just the truth. Something's wrong with you. Because no normal person, as I've said, no normal person is interested in having intimate sexual relations with a child and telling that child, don't tell your parents, they shouldn't know 
unless you're some kind of pedophile, some kind of freak. Normal people don't think that way or want to do any such, uh, any such thing. Here's the policy. This is in the New York State education policies. This is an example they give. Quote, quote, if Kevin wants to go by Kimmy but doesn't want his parents to know, the best practice is as follows. The teachers call her Kimmy and she uses he, she pronouns at school. When calling home for any reasons, the teacher should use the name Kevin and he, him pronouns so the parents will not know the child's gender identity at school. Folks, I wish I were making this stuff up because you just have to shake your head. I mean, it's a violation of parent-child relations. It's a violation, as far as I'm concerned, it's a violation of the commandments. You shall not lie. And you got teachers teaching children to lie and lying with them. No pun intended there, lying with them. Uh, um, I, I should say no double entendre was intended there, but it came out that way, didn't it? Maybe appropriately. I mean, what in the world? See, and, and folks, this is what I mean. What is this? Where does this emanate from? It emanates from the idea that there is no God, that we are simply glorified animals, and that there is no ultimate right or wrong. And basically, every as the book of in the book of Judges says, everyone can do what is right in their own sight. That's what it boils down to. You know, as I've said before, there, there are things I would not do that some people might say, well, you know, that's no big deal. But God might say it's a big deal, and if he does, it's a big deal to me. But when, when, when you don't have any accountability to God, then anything goes. The ends justify the means. You will trample the rights of parents. You will trample the innocence of children. You will trample the Constitution, as Phil Murphy has clearly made, made clear that he's per- perfectly willing to do. Because the only thing that matters is your power. Talk about pride. <laughs> That's exactly what this stuff is. This is pride. This is wanting to be your own God. And wanting others to serve you rather than serving God. Now here again, I I hope parents all over New Jersey will rise up and will send a message and will send a message to the rest of the country. You try this stuff, you're going to pay a price for it at the ballot box. By the way, just as an aside, I think this underscores the point. Uh, a Democrat lawmaker from New Hampshire, Representative Stacy Lawton, who is a quote-unquote transgender, as gender-confused individual, okay, who, by the way, supports all these policies, these crazy policies, and has been trying to push them as legislation. He was just arrested for four felony counts of distribution of child sexual abuse images. Not to put too fine a point on it. 
Because I think that's exactly what this stuff is a cover for. This guy is holding himself out as some sort of progressive transgender who's simply trying to protect the rights of homosexuals and, and gender-confused people when he's really nothing but a child predator. Back in a moment to take your calls. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. And those who went out before and those who followed cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the kingdom of our father David that is coming. Hosanna in the highest. To the east of Jerusalem, across the Kidron Valley a little more than half a mile, a Sabbath day's journey, is the Mount of Olives. From its summit, one can see the panorama of Jerusalem. Some 15 miles to the east is the Dead Sea. Many are the memories associated with this holy hill. It was from the Mount of Olives Jesus looked over Jerusalem and wept. A chapel is built on the traditional site of his weeping. It is called Dominus Flevit, which is Latin for the Lord wept. Twice in the life of Jesus we know he wept, at the death of his friend Lazarus and when he looked over the city of Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. No doubt Jesus came often to this beautiful mount at evening when other men would go to their homes. Here, amid the grove of olive trees, he would rest. Here, in the stillness of the night, he could pray to the Father without interruption. Perhaps it was, as tradition says, on this hillside that he taught his disciples to pray what we call the Lord's Prayer. The church of the Paternoster, that is, our Father, is built on the traditional site. Its walls contain the Lord's Prayer in more than 65 different languages. Truly, the prayer has been uttered in many times that number of languages. Located on the top of the Mount of Olives was the village of Bethphage. Here his disciples found the donkey he rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. The town was a probable dwelling place of Galileans, and Jesus would have been among familiar people. The Galileans were scorned by the more pious and religious citizens of Judea and Jerusalem. Down the mountainside Jesus rode that day. People along the way paved the road with palm branches and called him king. Both sides of the dusty road were lined with spectators singing praises to him. Little did they realize that in five days... This man who rode the donkey as a symbol of peace would be crucified by the Roman government as a revolutionary and troublemaker. What thoughts were in his mind as he rode past the Garden of Gethsemane? Were tears still flowing as he crossed the Kidron Valley and entered Jerusalem through the Golden Gate? And as he entered the temple area, did he think of turning back? Following his crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus would come back to the Mount of Olives. He would walk through its groves and remember all that had taken place on its slopes. And here on this mountainside, he would be lifted up into heaven. Some 500 years later, some devout followers of his would erect the Chapel of the Ascension in memory of that magnificent event. 
It is a bit of irony, or perhaps the plan of providence, that on the Mount of Olives, Jesus faced his darkest night in the Garden of Gethsemane and his brightest day at the side of the Ascension. The Mount of Olives reminds one of many things concerning our Lord. It was a kind of refuge away from the crowd for him. It was a place where he could be alone with his Father. We need a place like that also. It was a place of sorrow, and each of us must face that side of life. But it was also the side of his ascension where he went to be at home with his Father. Hopefully, each of us will have our own Mount of Olives. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. The number is 888-589-8840. Folks, this stuff is just, it's gone so far at this point that we, we really have to pray that there will not be an, some, some kind of outbreak of violence over this stuff because they simply don't listen. They're not listening. And by the way, which I oppose, let me just make that clear. I'm simply warning. But parents are crying out, saying, leave our children alone. And this whole homosexual lobby is saying, we don't care what you say. We're going to keep coming at your children. And in fact... Believe it or not, here's here's another one. I mean, it just keeps it just keeps getting worse. <laughs> here's another one. Uh, in Seattle, nude cyclists at the so-called Pride Parade. Not only riding around on their bikes is supposed to be family friendly, right? And I told you the mainstream media doesn't even cover this stuff because they don't want people to know how filthy this stuff is. They don't want to know how, they don't people to know that this stuff is degenerate and it's depraved, and they don't want people to know that because they want to keep pushing it. And they know that the average person, knowing it's degenerate and depraved, is certainly not going to get anywhere near it and certainly not going to allow their children anywhere near it. Some people, unfortunately, are misled into thinking that this is going to be a fun kind of thing. Well, these guys are riding around on bikes, completely nude, and not only that, but actually flaunting themselves. I'm not, here again, I'm not kidding, flaunting themselves. And by the way, at these parades, this happened, I think, in, in Seattle, definitely happened in New York, they developed a new chant. We're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. Again, I'm not kidding, folks. It's been heard several times in several places. We're here, we're queer, and we're coming for your children. Now, I, I don't know, this, this is what I mean. You're just asking for trouble to be saying that, or, and, and, and certainly to be taking any action toward that end where a parent is in a position to see or witness any effort to do what you're suggesting. Because the average parent, folks, with someone threatening their child that way, and that is a threat to that child, an attempt 
to sexualize a child is a threat to that child, a parents, parents are going to react. And so God bless those who are on the front lines on this issue and, and, and not allowing this stuff to go where they want it to go. I mean, you got Sesame Street doing it. You got Disney doing it. You got, I mean, and you know, these, these are all places, of course, that are havens for pedophilia, havens for people who want to exploit children because they know that's where children will be. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's get to your calls. We've got Johnny from Texas. Johnny, welcome. Hey, how you doing? Uh, Great. I've got a question. Uh, I'd like to know, you being a lawyer, I'm sure you could, I'd like a group of lawyers to explain to our society why what you're describing is not contributing to the delinquency of a minor because if I would put a beer into your grandchild's hand, I would be in so much trouble, it would be unreal. But it's okay for people to flaunt their genitalia wherever they want. And why is it that we can get a group of men to help somebody in a tornado problem within a matter of hours? But where are the lawyers getting together yeah. and the clergy? And I know that we're fighting back lately, which is good. But... There's not enough of it. You got to get together mm-hmm. and slam these people legally. Otherwise, this is going to continue. That's my comment and question. Uh, thank uh, you very much, Johnny. And look, I think the question you raise is an interesting one. And I think just like the left has used all kinds of creative legal theories to further their agenda, I think that conservatives, traditional people in America are going to have to do the same. I, I agree with you. Why, why aren't these people charged? Why doesn't someone bring a complaint for uh, corrupting the morals of a youth or whatever the, the, the required statutory language is or whatever the statutory language is in a particular jurisdiction? This will vary from state to state. But yeah, why, why doesn't someone bring that charge? See, I think that charge could be brought against a teacher who is like the, the video of one teacher who's basically telling kids how to have homosexual relations and where to go get certain things that you need and, and all. I mean, just, just, just completely disgusting stuff. Somebody ought to go down to the police station, file a complaint against that teacher, and say, I'm filing a complaint because this teacher was trying to corrupt the morals of a minor. Well, what? They're talking about sec- in- intimate sexual matters to young people. Because you're right. If you've got a young, group of young people like that and said, Hey, everybody, don't tell your parents, but we're going to go out and get some beer and some wine, and we're going to have a good old time. Just keep it, to, keep it between us. That, that person would be locked up, or ought to be. So you raise a very good point, Johnny, a very good point, but it's going to take some creative attorneys to do this stuff. And, and let me just underscore the whole issue about men. And I'm not, again, in any way, in any way encouraging violence i'm not at all i'm just i'm just being honest about what i know can happen when you start messing with people's children um but you know men have got to start showing up at at, in these situations as men peaceful but strong saying look you're not going to mess with our children period that's not going to happen let's just be clear about that so you you better you better run back in the closet that, that would be my suggestion to you. 888-589-8840. 
run back in the closet. Because you start messing with our children, you have crossed the Rubicon. You've crossed the line. Now, I don't know that that would have any effect, but I think they need to hear it, and they need to hear it from men who God has called to be protectors and defenders of our families. 888-589-8840 is the number. Let's go to Ken in Mississippi. Ken, welcome. Hey, Bishop. How you doing? Doing great, Ken. How you doing? I'm doing well. I just came, uh, called to comment on what you had asked earlier about the quiet quitting and the loss of the work ethic. And as a once proud American and a, and a still continuing Christian, I mean, it, back in 2015, our country took a really dark turn when the Supreme Court contoned homosexuality. But a lot of Americans that I know gave up then, and simply because it's it's either, as you're saying, you have two options. Basically, it comes down to you have two options. You can either take up arms and rebel against your leaders, or you can quietly rebel by simply not doing anything. And I think the second is a better option because it gets your point across and there's less bloodshed. But I don't yeah. see any other option when, when you boil it down to except those two. Well, and Ken, I'd well, like to hear Ken, your response to that. Well, yeah, yes, Ken, sir. let me just ask you. What, what, I would say the third option would be to engage, to make your voice heard, to, um, to oppose these wicked policies and oppose leaders who are supporting them uh, without violence. You, you what, what about that as a third option? We, we are. We are. But the problem is this is a democracy. And the majority rule. And once the majority has turned over to Satan, the good God-fearing Christians only have two options left. Okay. Because we're outnumbered. Ken, thank you for the call. I'll respond to the rest of that on the other side of the break, folks. The number is 888-589-8840. Back in just a moment. Forget about Facebook. The last 10 days we've been banned twice and is unbanning a word. They put us under the ban. Christians and conservatives don't need you, YouTube. Banned one day, banned again. AFR programs are now live streaming on the AFA streaming app. Now you can get shows like today's issues straight from the source. Put back on the next. Just say unbanned. Unbanned. Just search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. American Family Studios was started back in 2011 as a way to advance the Christian worldview into an increasingly media-rich culture. Media is like such a powerful tool to communicate the gospel. I love writing stories, getting in my office, and just thinking, how can we portray this concept of who God's character is? And to get to use the gifts that God has given me is really a joy. AmericanFamilyStudios.net one of Satan's big lies today is that it's possible to be gay and be a Christian. When I use the term gay Christianity, I'm trying to define what is this, this overall movement to try and reconcile the Christian faith with homosexuality. Stephen Black and M.D. Perkins are on a mission to remind everyone what God says about it. We see these young people that are getting involved in uh, Revoice and these conferences, these 
what they call gay Christian. There is no such thing as really LGBTQ plus Christianity. Right. You're either a Christian or you're not. Uh, being Christ-like uh, is how we have to look at this theologically and biblically. God's way is the only way. His truth brings complete freedom. The AFA Cultural Institute brings you God's truth in the special edition DVD, The Error of Gay Christianity with Stephen Black and M.D. Perkins. Order it today when you visit resources.afa.net. Our greatest identity is that we're a child of God. This is Focus on the Family Minute, and Carrie Kampakis offers a great reminder to moms for maintaining your health. Mm -hmm. And he's given us these gifts, our life, our body, our time, our family, to be a good steward of these gifts. And we can't be a good steward if we're not taking care of our needs as a, a human being. So the first, the first thought is sleep, you know, making sure mm -hmm. we're getting enough sleep. And as we get older, I'm like, I, I will not sacrifice my sleep anymore. Like, it's just better for me to stop. <laughs> At eight o'clock. I resonate with that. You know, I mean, my dad has said it. He's like, the older you get, the more your body dictates what you can and can't do. Yeah. And I do think that's a grace from God to kind of get us on a better rhythm. Because now I'm looking ahead. I'm like, I want to be a healthy grandparent. I want to be able to support my daughters as they grow up. But if I kept up this old pace that I had, I won't be in a good position to do that. Yeah. Find more wisdom from Carrie about self-care at familyminute.org. Back to the Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. The number again is 888-589-8840. We've got a couple of open lines, 888-589-8840. Now let's come back to your calls. We've got, uh, I believe this is Angular. Um, Angular from Georgia. Do I have that right, Angular? Yes, Bishop. How are you today? I am blessed. How are you? I'm good. I'm going to make it really quick. Uh, I, I was uh, surprised that lately Pat Robinson died and the three major networks didn't even announce his death. Really? And I'm going to hang up and let you come in on that. Now, I might be wrong, but I listened and they did not say anything about his death. And I said, that is so bad. That's, wow. They are wrong for that. <laughs> wow. Angela, thank you for the call. Well, you know, we certainly did, obviously. He was a great man, great man of God, a great American uh, figure, too. I mean, he, he just did so much to contribute to this nation uh, and its well-being. So we certainly acknowledged the death of, uh, of Dr. Pat Robinson. I, by the way, I knew Pat personally, folks. I mean, I worked with him uh, on the Christian Coalition back in the late 1990s. I got to know Pat pretty well, spent quite a bit of time with him. And uh, it just just a wonderful, wonderful man. Uh, so, I, I look, I don't know. If the, the networks didn't cover his death, uh, let's face it, we shouldn't be surprised. But once again, it just goes to show they're not at all interested in people. They're not at all interested in trying to to, to communicate truth or news. They're only interested in their agenda. I mean, they, they're, they're nothing but mouth, mouthpieces at this point for the, for the Democrat Party and the left. And that's, I think, I appreciate you bringing that up, Angular, if that's the case. But here again, it, it's not surprising to us because they, to call them journalists is, is, is pr frankly, it's a joke that they're not journalists at all. They're propagandists. Okay, let's see. Let's go to Dana in Texas. Dana, welcome. 
Okay, thanks, Bishop. I just love you and AFR, and I'm very grateful for y'all. Thank you so much. Uh, You know, I wholeheartedly agree with your point about men standing up, amen and amen, and pray for that. My question is, where was Raleigh Gaines's dad and those other female swimmers' dads whenever that male was flaunting his genitalia in their locker rooms and doing all and creating all that havoc and uh, uh, just emotional, emotional and social abuse, et cetera, et cetera? Where are those fathers? Wow, Dana, I saw the question before I brought the call up, and that is a profound question, Dana. That is the question of the hour. Where are the men? Because one would think that some man flaunting his manhood in front of your daughter, that you would think that his, that, that girl's father would be on the scene to say, you and I have a problem. I don't care what you call yourself. I know what you're doing to my child and you are not going to continue to do that. I mean, see, look, I really believe that there's a place for putting the the fear of God in people in the sense that, and, and folks, forgive me, I'm going to be a little theological here. I believe that there is an anointing of power and authority on men, particularly on a man of God. And when you stand up, with righteous indignation, when you stand up for what you know is right, I really believe that God puts a power and, 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 a, and a, a supernatural force to that that can bring about all kinds of things, but you got to stand up. And you are so right, Dana. If you, if you don't, you, I, I wanted the same thing. Where is her father? Now, you know, maybe in some way he's there. But, you know, I, it would be great to see him standing beside her. Hey, look, I, I just want the world to know I am backing my daughter 100%, and this mess will not stand. If I have anything to say about it, it will not stand. I wish, I wish William Thomas would come to me and try that garbage. <laughs> you don't tell me and tell me that he's a woman. With a six foot two, two hundred and twenty pound self, give me a break. <laughs> okay. All right, Dana. That's the, like I said. That's the question of the hour. Thank you for the call. Let's see. Let's go to Craig in Oklahoma. Craig, welcome. Yes, thank you. I, I appreciate you taking my call. I was listening to Doctor MacArthur, or you know. Uh, uh, Reverend MacArthur, however, mm-hmm. however he yeah. wants it put. Okay. And he was talking about, you know, uh, these people being given over to a reprobate mind. And that sounds to me like that's a point of no return. And I was just curious what you thought about that. It, I've never mm-hmm. seen it. I'm 70 years old. I've never seen anything like this. It's, it's just, I'm just amazed that not only the people that think they're a different sex, but the people that are going along with them, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. There's, yeah. There's, you know, it's, yeah. And, and, anyway, and, I'll, I'll listen to you. Pardon? Thank you for the call, Craig. Thank you for the call. And, and I was going to say, and dragging children into it. I mean, you're right, Craig. I, I warned about this in general, which is once you take down God's standards, what's the new standard? 
And of course, my argument is always, there is none. There is no new standard. People just make up whatever they want to. But I can't say that I ever saw a time when you would have people boldly telling parents, I'm going to talk to your child about your child's sexuality and about changing their gender. And I don't care whether you like it or not, because you are only a parent. I'm the expert. I'm the teacher. I'm the teacher's union representative. I'm the governor. I'm the this. I'm the that. And I, I, stand, I stand above the parent. I, I can't say that I ever anticipated people being that stupid. But here we are. Thank you for the call, Craig. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's, that's just where we, oh, coming back. You, you asked me about coming back from reprobate mind. I believe that the only sin that the Bible says is the unforgivable sin is the sin of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Uh, I believe that even people given over to a reprobate mind can be delivered and brought and set free. I mean, I had Janet Boynes on. And Janet Boynes lived as a lesbian for 14 years. You just heard ads with Stephen uh, black, I believe it is. And uh, and he lived a homosexual lifestyle. I don't know how long. And the, these people have been completely delivered. And and, and I, one would have to say that they were certainly given over to reprobate minds. But once they turned their hearts toward God, the grace of God delivered them out of it. So I believe that people can come back even from that. Okay, let's go to Diane in Indiana. Diane, welcome. Hi, thank you. I love your program, Bishop. Um, so the other day I was uh, in Walmart looking for a book for my grandson for his birthday. And in the middle of the aisle, they had a bin with books in it, uh, you know, some with the Wimpy Kids, uh, Wimpy Kids books. And anyway, so I, I saw a coloring book, so I picked it up. It's called The Heart Stopper by Alice O. Simmon. And I opened it up, and it was there were men kissing, um, and there were women kissing, and men in bed kissing, and uh, another girl walking around with a T-shirt on that said, Fight the System, which was spelled C-I-S-T-E-M. Oh, my goodness. And now this was a coloring book where any what? child had access to. It was in the middle of the aisle in a bin next to the stationary section. Wait, 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 wait. The right book, the, wait, wait, wait. The book with depictions of men and women kissing each other was a coloring book? Yes, and I took pictures of it. And I went, I took, in one of the Walmarts, I went to, I talked to the store manager and they did the right thing and took them off the shelf because he agreed with me. I went to another one, same thing. She said, oh, well, this is for juvenile section. I'm like, well, it's in the middle of the aisle where it has, anyone has access to. And what is a juvenile? A child. And if it's and a coloring book, said, it's well, for a very I'll young be- child. Yes, yes. And that's, that's the only conclusion. When you see a coloring book, that's why oh, I picked it up, because gracious. I was buying it for a child. And I wow. took pictures. And she said, well, I'll just put it in the pride section. I'm like, well, that's <laughs> not going to uh, But oh, Walmart was, is selling those. And I found them in two different Walmarts, but they were in a bin in the middle of the aisle. And uh-huh. I took pictures because I couldn't believe it. And I showed my husband. He said, oh, my gosh. 
you said that just makes me furious. I said, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Diane, and then they also have heart. They also have hardcover books that go with it, and it's called the Heart Stopper. Okay. Diane, I'm almost at the end of the program. Let me try to get another call in. But, Diane, you you just topped me with she's got to be making that up. <laughs> I know you're not, Diane, but a coloring book? Oh, my goodness. Let's go to uh, Gary in Texas. Gary, welcome. Thank you, Bishop, for taking my call. Good to talk to you again. Look, yesterday I discovered, uh, run across a video, and it's, it, somebody videoed it while they were marching, the trans fastbacks marching in New York City, chanting, we're here, we're queer, and, and we're coming for your children. Yep. Yep. And you can understand exactly, I, I'm in disbelief that this is going on in America. We're coming for your children. And I don't see any, uh, I mean, years ago, they would have come and arrested them for this, just not too long ago. But now yeah. they're getting away with this. And I'm in I'm in disbelief that God helped this country. It's I, I just I, I don't understand. More, yeah. I, I, well, it's evil, and the homosexuals are saying they can't be homosexuals if you can be anything. So, uh, Gary, Gary, we're but, we're at the end of the program, Gary. But thank you so much for the call, folks. Now you see why I say these people are actually. It seems like they're trying to provoke violence. I mean. And here again, I'm opposed to that. That's not the way. But you can you can see that they're pushing it. You know, I can also see why the Bible in the Old Covenant condemned people to death to do this because you see where this leads. Now, we don't do that either. Well, that's going to do it for today, folks. Look, you, we have to stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.